Welcome to the Software Social Podcast, where we invite you to join our weekly conversation about what's going on in our businesses. I'm Michelle Hansen. And I'm Colleen Schnettler. And this week we're giving you an intro to what this podcast is about and who we are and why we're doing this and why we're hoping you'll join us. So Michelle, can you start by telling us a little bit about your software business? Yeah, so I am a co-founder of Geocodio, which is a software as a service company. We do geocoding for US and Canada, as well as data matching. And my husband and I started it about six and a half years ago now as a side project. And we have run it full time for the past three years. So you're basically living the dream is what you're telling me. Some people would, would say that. I, I, uh, I, I, I bristle at that a little bit. Uh, there's definitely <laughs> a lot more, more dream to be had. Um, but yeah, definitely people, people do say that to me, especially people who are looking to create their own software businesses, which is kind of the boat you're Much in. like myself. Yeah. Yes. So I am a Ruby on Rails developer. I've kind of had a varied career, always in tech. I started as an electrical engineer. Um, I stayed home with my kids for a few years, and then I started learning Rails, and I built up a really successful consultancy. So that has been amazing and a wonderful journey for me, but I have always wanted to start a product business. There's just like this dream of having a product business that you kind of are, you know, in charge of your own life and your own business. You get to make your own decisions, and so that's something I've always, I've always wanted, and um, man, it's hard. It so is hard. <laughs> I, right? Like it's, you know, I, I read a lot of startup content. I have read a lot of books. I follow a lot of successful startup founders. And there's so many stories out there that make it seem like, I mean, you don't hear about it till they're successful. So it makes it seem like it's easy. And I'm at the very beginning of this journey and, um, you know, I'm just getting started. So part of my impetus for doing this podcast with you is obviously to learn a lot about what you can teach people who are in the early stages of their business and also to stay inspired and, um, you know, to share with people what it's really like to start a business. I don't think you give yourself enough credit, Colleen, in saying that you're just at the very beginning. You have been working intently on this for over a year now. I remember it was last summer when you came to me and you were so excited about an idea and this this passion you had that was leading you towards that idea. And you started doing user research on it and having something that you were passionate about and then doing the work to see if there's legs to it and then realizing that there aren't, that counts as work. That is valuable productive work I hope so because it, it was quite a lot of work and um so just a, a brief overview is I had an idea to kind of uh, do something with the childcare industry and I I had a founder um, someone I was going to work with and she and I interviewed quite a few people that would have been on our target market so we kind of took the steps you learn about you know with idea generation and honestly, the truth is, I mean, we put in a lot of time and effort and we found out that it really was not a profitable business idea. And so it's hard to, to you know, kind of get really excited about something and climb that mountain 
and then just realize uh, no one wants to buy it. But on the other hand, at least, you know, right? Like at least we found that out before we started writing code. Right. So I guess that saved us some time. Didn't you guys have a few projects before Geocodio? Oh, many. And we had many projects in between that too um, that we've launched in the interim. And it's, it, there's no line that it's hard to find something that sticks. And, and as you said, nobody cares about something until you're a success, which is a really, really lonely place to be for a very long time. You know, our first month we launched Geocodio, we made $31. We thought we wow. were a ridiculous success because we were shocked that anybody wanted to pay us. Um, we thought our product was pretty terrible and we were... We were truly, we were so shocked that we hadn't even written the code that would tell Stripe to bill people. That was how surprised we were that anyone wanted to pay us. <laughs> um, and, and we worked on it as a side project for a very long time. And it wasn't until just before I went full time that, that people started kind of noticing what we were doing and asking us to talk at conferences or, or be on a podcast. Like there's, that was a very long time um where yeah exactly like you were saying um you don't hear a lot of those stories you only hear the stories when people are successful and I think what we're hoping to capture here is is some of that granularity that goes in week by week when you're launching something and then also the kinds of things you face um on a daily basis when you have launched something and and it's gotten to the point where you can work full time on it, what what are the kinds of uh, things that you might be facing at that point, um, and and how do we tackle them? So you guys had the business for a few years before you went full time, right? Yeah, yeah, like three. It was like three and a half years until I went full time, and then my husband went part time six months later. And then full-time six months after that, like, honestly, we were terrified of paying for health insurance on our own. And that was a big thing that kept us from going full-time. We probably could have gone full-time a lot sooner, but, um, I mean, given the experience I had just a couple months ago trying to buy health insurance, I'm, I'm glad I put that off. Um, but it's, it's, it's possible not to scare anyone, um, but there's you know, very real fears that come into it. Even when you do have something that works and you have customers and your revenue is increasing, you're going to have a whole new set of anxieties to face. So congratulations. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Everything is solvable. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you're where I am in this process, it seems like so far away, right? Like, like, it seems like, man, if I could just make a product that people want to buy, my life will be rainbows and sunshine and easy every day. I can see that. And also, you know, our every day is we, we've got something that's that's launched that, you know, has recurring revenue and, 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 you know, supports us and everything. And every day there's still people who are upset with us. Every day we discover things with our product that we're like, oh, my, that is so obviously bad like we need to fix that like how has that been like that for so long this is embarrassing um like that that happens to that happened today it happened yesterday um and at the same time you know some of the things you were talking about earlier that 
the dream so many people have for having a product business, being able to be your own boss, getting to make decisions, getting to have that level of autonomy and authority and direction over your own work, um, that doesn't go away. And, and that definitely keeps me going. And um, really what makes it worth it when, uh, when not everything is rosy otherwise. Yeah, I imagine you're a parent as well, as am I. Um, and I imagine it goes both ways, right? Like I imagine the flexibility you have with running your own business is amazing to help you parent. But on the other hand, can you ever take a vacation? Yes and no. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, like we started this as a side project, right? And, you know, we both had, right. you know, full-time like tech jobs, but... Um, in the early years of the business, like I remember the first time that we like took a vacation with money we had earned from the business, which was I think about two year, two and a half years in. And mm -hmm. I remember we were driving on these beautiful roads on Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia. And it's just like these rolling hills. And it's just, it was so gorgeous. And I was replying to someone on, on intercom at the same time um, because, <laughs> you know, an issue had come up. And that's just been uh, been the case the whole time. And my perspective on that has always been we're only able to have the life we do because of the business. And so, yes, mm -hmm. like very often one of us is dealing with something for, for work at the dinner table or um, when we're on vacation or when, when, when we have life going on or especially with the pandemic and being at home with other things going on all at the same time. Um, and, and, and that has pros and cons at the same time, you know, working in a, a corporate job, I think all of us can speak to, there's always some issue that's blowing up on Slack off hours that you have to deal with. And so mm -hmm. it's not really that different. The only difference is that when you are re responding to that customer or, you know, once we, we took a call with a potential, um, large customer while on a road trip through Belgium, um, was that we we got all of the money from that, right? Like, it wasn't that, like, we would have to prove to our boss at the end of the year, like, look at all this time I did when I, all this work I did when I was on vacation, all these t time I put in on the weekends and at night, like, so, hey, like, you know, give me a 2% raise, right? Like, you don't have to do right. with that. Like, if you land that contract and you sacrifice a part of your vacation, you get the money. It's very clear cut right. and... So that makes it worth it for me. I feel like my daughter might have a different perspective. And sometimes she's like, you guys need to stop talking about Geocodio at dinner. Let's talk about something else. Something else is not boring. So, um, so you know, I always joke that if, you know, maybe our business talk will either make her adept at business herself or she's just going to totally rebel and um, not want anything to do with it. But um, I mean, y you've got clients. I mean, that that's not like you don't ever get to fully log off either, right? No, I really don't. So as a, you know, in my consultancy, I am a single point of failure. Like I have one really large contract, really big client that I share with another developer, which is nice. But um, yeah, it, you know, if something goes down or, um, you know, they, they want something, I'm usually relatively accessible. It does make it hard to, I mean, you know, it's interesting. It does make it hard to really take a vacation. Um, and 
It's interesting because I have never been a good office employee. Um, I don't like working for other people. I don't like sitting in meetings. I don't like other people to tell me how to do my work or when to do my work. So consulting has really been great for me. But there is this this joke that like you spend all your time trying to go from employee to consultant. And then as soon as you're a consultant, you're ready to jump to something else. Because sometimes it feels like you have multiple bosses, right? Because you have like several different clients. They all have different needs. They're all contacting you. So it has given me immense flexibility with which, you know, I couldn't work an office job right now with the pandemic. And now apparently we're homeschooling the children because they're not going back to school. So I have to have this flexibility. But, you know, it it does feel like I'm always, it does feel like I always have to be plugged in. Like I always kind of have to be on top of it. And if I I am a single point of failure, so if I can't figure it out or I can't get it done, like it doesn't get done. So sometimes that does pressurize the situation. But I imagine much like having a product business, I still like consulting more than I liked a traditional office role. Oh, absolutely. And so I guess, you know, in, in closing, um, with this podcast, what we're, we're hoping to do is bring you in to our conversations, conversations like this, um, that Colleen and I are having regularly anyway. And considering the different stages that we are at and how that plays off of one another, maybe you'll find this helpful. Maybe you're looking to start your own business. Maybe you're looking to branch out into, into other things. Um, Whatever that might be, we want to invite you to sit at the table um, with us. Um, we take the name of the podcast from a great little coffee shop in Arlington, Virginia called Northside Social, where we used to meet up um, before the pandemic. Um, and <laughs> and so, so we're inviting you to sit at our table um, and, and listen in and, and hopefully um, share your own thoughts with us on on all of this. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Bright Bits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from ConsentKit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nucy Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of WorkCited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Convini, 
Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from Recruit Kit.